Hello, you lovely lot. I wanted to take a moment to share an exciting announcement with you all. I will be doing a live show for Happy Mum, Happy Baby at the podcast show in London on the 22nd of May. This will be a live episode of this very podcast featuring me and a very special soon-to-be-announced guest. Get ready for a candid conversation, unfiltered truths, laughs, invaluable non-judgmental advice and lived experiences. Dive into the complexities of parenting while juggling work, relationships and personal growth and we'll be talking beyond the baby years. As well as the live episode, the show will also include a Q&A with both me and my guest. Tickets go on sale this Friday the 26th of April at 10am, but anyone who is part of the Happy Mum, Happy Baby newsletter will be getting early access to tickets on Wednesday the 24th of April at 10am. To sign up to the newsletter and for more information about the event, please head to happymumhappybaby.com forward slash events. I can't wait to see you there. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to a brand new episode of Happy Mum, Happy Baby, the podcast. Today's guest is very, very, very pregnant. And it's the first time we've actually recorded an episode with a mum-to-be before the baby has arrived. And I'm very excited. Today's guest first came on our screens in Love Island back in the day, very early on. And she was incredible. She's gone on to be very successful in lots of different fields, including her own swimwear range, which is beautiful. Thank Perfect you. Perfect model it. Today's guest is Montana Brown. Oh, thank you. I also didn't realise I'm the first one pre-baby to yes. come on the podcast. Yes. Which means honest. that you had to come back again. Absolutely. Already. I mean, Everything I'm going to say, so I'm going to take it back. <laughs> <laughs> when I come back, I'm going to come like half a shell of a person. Well, because I was doing my normal, you know, Instagram stalk and everything. I was looking at dates and I was like, hold on a minute. You are 37 weeks. I am. I know. Any day now. It's just shot by. I feel like I've blinked and it's just, I'm at 37 weeks. I think my midwives were having a bit of a flat the other day because they were like, have you done this? I was like, no. <laughs> they were like, well, maybe you should. I'm like, ooh, okay. It is coming soon. They were like, any day now, it could happen. So I feel like I've still got some prep to do. I can remember at the end of series two of Having My Mum Baby, we had Emma Willis on and she had just been recording her midwifery program. Mm. 
she's one of my best mates, but I was 38 weeks pregnant and she just kept looking at me as if she was just <laughs> like, any twinges, G? Can we just deliver it? Maybe this is the episode. Oh my I feel gosh. like right now I might be channeling Emma Willis. Yeah. <laughs> and Montana, we've got this. Whatever happens during this episode, if you laugh too hard and it pops out, we're here. It'd be great. <laughs> It'd be a great moment. There's so many cameras on you right You're now. You're experienced. I trust you. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to say, my first, I went into labour at 37 plus four. Oh my God, really? Yeah. See, the more I kind of tell people that I'm 37 weeks, they're like, oh yeah, like my mum gave birth at 37 weeks. I'm like, oh, it is actually <laughs> nearing. Whereas I don't feel like it's anywhere close. For some reason, I feel like I'm going to be quite late. Do you late. know what? That's the best way to be as well. Because I think as soon as people know your due date, there's that thing of, oh, oh, she's gone quiet online. What does this mean? Exactly. And you get people asking you. Yeah. And I also feel like we've had so much going on. Like, so we... We moved house last year. Mm-hmm. Beautiful house. We were like, yeah, well, nothing needs changing. Everything's perfect. And then I don't know what's wrong with us, but for the past like couple of months, we're like, oh, we'll just we'll change this and, you know, we'll, we'll do a bit of this. And then we basically found out that our roof was leaking. And so we've had to move out. So I've been at my mum's house and then we've now just moved to my partner's parents' house in no. Ealing. And so we're literally just nesting there. So I feel like we literally moved in like two or three days ago. And so I haven't got any furniture so yet. So you're in Ealing now, or are you back in your home? No, I'm Ealing. Our oh house isn't gosh. done. So when is it going to be done? That's a million dollar question. Okay, so that's <laughs> fine. So we know that the baby's arriving and we're going to be in Ealing. Exactly, we're going to be in Ealing. So yeah, I'm just trying to figure out making that place home and getting some furniture and yeah. getting all my bits because I just thought, actually, I've only got a hospital bag and some nappies, so I probably Montana. need a bit more than that. <laughs> Have you got like your cot and everything? No, not yet. When is your shopping trip? I've got a Moses basket, but all my furniture is arriving tomorrow. Fine. So that's good. Yeah. But I am actually planning a home birth as well. In your (laughs) in-laws house. In my my in-laws house. (laughs) They're they're not going to be there, which is good. What better way, though, to get to know your in-laws by giving birth in their house? I know, in the lounge. (laughs) So are they going to literally like wait for things to start and then... Dip out? No, so they don't actually live there. Thank oh, okay, goodness. Okay, okay. So, so it is just your space. It is just our space. Okay. Thank goodness. That would be a bit weird. I mean, you're giving off very chilled vibes. You've literally moved three days ago. So. Yeah. I just feel like people, the baby's going to have a roof over its head, yeah. which is actually a, a lot more than most. And yeah. you just think, actually, it'll be fine. And actually, a Moses basket, you've got that. Chuck it in the Moses basket, be fine. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> just chuck it in there, yeah. you're fine. Be fine. Have a little nap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's talk about you and your childhood. You actually grew up in Birkenstead, which I've only just found out. Yeah, I'm a Hertfordshire gal. I loved growing up in Hertfordshire. You probably know the school because it's literally two minutes away, but I used to go to Abbots Hill. Right. And I just have such fond childhood memories of just running down all these grassy hills <laughs> and just messing around and just being outside. I've never really had the urge to live in London, and a lot of my friends kind of did small stints in London. Yeah. But my childhood has always been in Hertfordshire and I've just loved it. There's a field to the left with horses in and there's sheep around and there's loads of animals and it's I just absolutely loved being outside as a child. So 
it seemed only right that we'd kind of move somewhere that was a bit more green. Looking ahead to your future when you were younger and, you know, did you see yourself with a family? Did you see yourself moving back? All my friends would say, I've always said since I was probably about 13, I'll have kids by the time I'm 21, yeah. I'll be married, I'll have kids by 21, 22. I've, like, I used to watch TV by the dozen and be like, yeah, I want to have kids. Oh I definitely God. want to have kids. That's <laughs> going to be me. I think because I'm an only child. Oh, are you? Yeah. And it's always been me and mum. Right. And like Christmas Day, I used to kind of pop my head around the door and be like, can I get up yet? And she'd be like, no, go back to sleep. <laughs> it used to be like 4am and every single hour. Can I get up yet? <laughs> no. I'd have to wait. I'd be so excited. And then all my friends with siblings, because obviously their parents were outnumbered. They'd yeah. be like, oh God, we have to get up because there's four of them and there's only two of us. And so I think I've always really craved that kind of huge family. Yeah. I've definitely always wanted children, always wanted to grow up kind of in the countryside as well. So then meeting your partner, when did you two meet? So we met actually in the pandemic in 2020 in COVID in Barbados. What? I know. We have actually quite a cute little story. So we actually met on New Year's Eve. Oh. I know, in COVID. He was out there with his family. I was out there with my family. It was that kind of lockdown yeah, yeah, where you couldn't leave your house at all, like in the UK. Yeah. Barbados was a little bit more kind of flexible. And we'd spent Christmas there, had the most amazing time. I go there pretty much every year with my family anyway. And so does he. Hmm. We met, we kind of initially, everyone's always like, oh, did you fall in love? And did your eyes meet at midnight? And we were like, no, we actually really didn't like each other at the start. Really? He thought I was obviously quite loud and like sociable and like a bit of a social butterfly and I thought oh he's really quiet and arrogant and this <laughs> but really he's just a little bit shy yeah and then we stayed out in Barbados together for four or five months we lived together after 10 days of knowing each other we just moved in with each other oh my gosh <laughs> yeah do you think that's also because knowing like if you came back to the UK especially at that time the start of 21 I think we often forget that we were back into lockdown yeah we were back into homeschooling yeah so kind of that thing of we know that we're fine here actually yeah and so we can either stay here and be in our laptops here or go over there and do that work stuff there it was exactly that right and mm. my mum was going home and my family were going home. So we kind of had the discussion maybe on day seven. I was like, I think oh I'm considering <laughs> staying. Like, And he was like, yeah, maybe I'll stay as well. I think I can work remotely as well. And I was like, oh, what's the worst that's going to happen? And in my head, I mean, I think in both of our heads, we're like, oh, this is like kind of a holiday fling and yeah. it'll be fun. And we both just didn't think anything of it. We just thought, oh, this is going to be a little holiday romance and we'll have a canoodle and then that'll be it. And then five months kind of passed... Yeah, it was actually amazing because there was no pressure on us yeah. kind of getting to know each other or no pressure of things progressing in a certain direction. And I'm definitely not my partner's type and he's not really my type either. So I think with that in the back of our heads, we were like, he's not really my type. And he was like, she's not really my type. And so we kind of just didn't really think it was going to be anything. Yeah. And then kind of by the time we'd been there a couple of months, I was like, oh, actually... I think I do really like him. Oh, no, did you have that moment, though, of kind of going, you've set it up as kind of like a who knows. Yeah. But now, actually, I like him. Yeah. But does he feel that? And oh. it was really annoying me at the time because I was thinking, oh, I don't want to like him because he probably doesn't like me. And what was actually really nice is that he kind of kept saying to me, oh, I never do things for my previous girlfriends for Valentine's Day. Like, I don't really like buying flowers for people. He was kind of, like, putting on this little 
thing of yeah. I don't do anything romantic I'm not a romantic person but then for Valentine's Day he got me all these amazing flowers and he just like bought all my favorite like chocolate bars and just wrote me a really nice card and I yeah. thought he likes me <laughs> I was like I've done it <laughs> um so it was really nice actually and then we've lived with each other ever since really yeah that's incredible and at what point did you talk about children in that first five months do you know what we did actually we spoke really openly about families children and he's got two nephews who he's crazy about yeah. and I think he's always known that he's wanted lots of children loves his nephews loves spending time with children he's so great with kids and so we knew it was kind of going to be on our radar and his brother is younger than him and has two children so I think for him he was like of course I'll have children. I'd love to have children. So we got a dog instead. That was our first. Nice. <laughs> so we came back from Barbados and within a month we bought a dog. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So we don't do things in half measures. No, no. Which was really nice actually because, again, like I feel like normally when you're with people, these kind of big monumental moments, they're such a big talking point of, yeah. you know, but what if this happens? And, you know, you have to kind of take a quite a responsible angle and be like, yeah. well, if we split up and what if this happens and really think about kind of the long term. Mm -hmm. But for some reason with Mark, we never had any serious discussions. There was never any, oh, but what if this happens or if what if this happens? We were just both always so sure. Yeah. Which was actually really nice because I was like, oh, I really want to get a dog. And he was like, okay. And I just remember being like, oh, okay. And then we just got a dog and just nothing is like hard work, yeah. which is really, really nice. So moving on to the starting to try for a family thing, was that something that you were conscious of or, you know, was that kind of now's the time? So we were back in Barbados at Christmas time. Barbados is where all uh, yeah. the fun happens, all the canoodling, <laughs> <Literally>. right? <laughs> I think it was a year on. So yeah, December 2021. Yeah. And I was on a sun lounger with him and we were at one of our favourite beach places. And I just turned to him and I said, I think we should try for a baby next year. And he was like, okay. And I was like, no, no, I think we should. And he's like, okay. He's just waiting for a bigger reaction. <laughs> no, okay. Yeah, no, no, but seriously. Yeah, but then like two hours later, I said, why don't you seem excited? Like you haven't really said anything. And he was like, yeah, I agree. I think we should do it. Like, And this is the thing. I'd never been with someone who's so chilled. Yeah. He's completely unwavered by anything. Like nothing is too much for this man which is a really great thing because he's very sturdy yeah but equally like you tell him something so exciting he's like cool <laughs> <laughs> give me something Literally, back yeah <laughs> and even if you try and like have an argument with him i never get a response that i want if i come home and i'm like la, 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 la. he's like what's wrong i'm like I just want you to just go with it for yeah, a minute. Yeah, just go with it. Just shout at me or something for just one moment. So yeah, like it was in that moment and then we just kind of decided. And then how was it when you actually started? Like now's the time. Do you know what? That was something that I completely misjudged in terms of, I thought, oh, you know, we're young. This is going to yeah. be really easy because I was using ovulation sticks. And I remember just thinking, oh, ovulation sticks I was thinking oh this is going to happen like that for me and it didn't and I remember for the first four months we'd used ovulation sticks mm -hmm. had the, the flashing smiley, smiley face, yeah the smiley face yeah. yeah and I was like this is going to be the time and then I'd do a pregnancy test and it was negative and I'd be like oh my god that is so hurtful yeah and then you do it kind of month after month and then 
I was kind of thinking like, oh my goodness, is there something wrong with me? Mm -hmm. Like, should I be getting checked up? And obviously, naturally, I sent Mark off to the clinic. I was like, something wrong with your sperm. You need to get it checked out. It's not me. Um, so we actually, we both went to the clinic. Yeah. He got his sperm. I got my eggs. Everything was fine. I think so. Mark is, he loves going in the sauna. Aha. Uh -huh. And also he's an avid cycler as well. Two things which are not good for sperm, which yeah. I did not know. And then I also found out that I had like no estrogen. Oh. Yeah, I had like no estrogen and no testosterone, which apparently is like a big no-no yeah. for conceiving. It kind of left me a bit, oh, okay, so I can be young, fit and healthy and still really, really struggle to conceive. So yeah. that was kind of a bit of a shock to me because I thought, oh, I just feel like you grow up and your mum's always like, don't get pregnant, it's so easy, <laughs> just that one time. And then like you actually doing it all the time. Yeah. And then don't get pregnant, like it's nuts. So that, I think, was a massive shock to me because as well, I, I told like my kind of, my best friends, I was like, yeah, we're trying for a baby. And, and kind of eye, every, it feels like eyes are on you. Yeah. Mm. And then like every single time I catch up with them, say, so, I'm like, no, it's <laughs> not happening. And then I went away filming for something and came back and I just remember saying like, let's just take a hiatus for a minute because it's just too intense. I think I'm thinking about it too much. It's really overwhelming. And then it was his birthday around October. And he was like, oh, come on. He was like, should we just have just a little bit of sex? And I was just like, oh. I was like, I feel like I've had sex enough this year. Like you've reached your quota. And so I was like really frustrated by it. And he was like, just once. I was like, oh, fine. So literally the one time. And that was it. That is crazy. And that was, do you know what? It took us a while to find out that I was actually pregnant because I was so reluctant to take a test because I thought, surely I've not spent eight months of my life having sex more than I would like to. <laughs> and honestly, didn't it was sick of the sight of Mark. Five days a Li month. Literally. Constantly at it. <laughs> literally, I was like, I hate you so much. Um, and I was like, I was like, and just that one time. It's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. Talk me through that moment of, had you had any symptoms? Or was it just a late period? So this is, again, like why I was so convinced. So I'd, I think I'd just had a period. So in my head, I was like, well, no, the timings don't really add up. And so it was my partner's 30th. And again, like I was kind of drinking a bit. And then it was my best friend's wedding the week after. And again, like I felt a little bit like lethargic. And then after my friend's wedding... I felt really sick and yeah. I, for some reason, like clockwork in the evenings, I was having like hot sweats. I had like stabbing pains and I was being sick like every night. I said to Mark, I said, I've got food poisoning. I was like, <laughs> I have food poisoning. He was like, I don't think you do. And he was like, you're definitely pregnant. And I said, Mark, please. I was like, come on. I was like, we had sex that one time. I was like, it's not going to be, <laughs> it's not happening. I was like, there's no way. So I really avoided taking a pregnancy test. I genuinely was so convinced I was just ill. And yeah. I was even on my Instagram story, oh, I just feel so sick. I don't know why. <laughs> been throwing up. And my friends were like, you are stupid. Um, <laughs> I remember Mark FaceTiming me saying, I have ordered you a pregnancy test to the house on delivery. <laughs> like, literally, on delivery. He was but like, the best thing to come out of lockdown is delivery, delivering everything. And I was like, oh, fine. So I was on FaceTime to him. And I was like, fine, I'll take the stupid pregnancy test just to shut you up. I just remember weighing on the stick and just being like, yeah, it's not loaded yet. Mm. Like, just kind of a bit like blase. And then I just remember seeing it and I was like, oh my God. And he was like, no, you're joking. I was like, I'm not joking. <laughs> 
I was like, it's this pregnant. <laughs> and it was so annoying because I almost wished that I'd had a bit more of a moment. Yeah. Because I think I always see people on Instagram kind of making such a moment and like surprising their partners, but there was none of that. But I feel like that wouldn't really be us anyway. But it was just so... Also, that was a proper real moment of you two together. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And and him ordering the test. And I think it's life isn't like the films. No, no, it's not. Or what people try to create because of the films yeah. on Instagram and stuff like that. And actually, the realness of it is what's special to you guys. Yeah. Do you know what? I've never been so happy in my life. I was like, oh, my God, this is the best thing in the world. And do you know what I, again, really struggled with is not telling people. So did you decide not to tell people at that point? No, I couldn't keep my mouth shut. No. <laughs> I could not keep my mouth shut. I'm oh, sorry, did Mark say, let's not tell people? Yeah. And you were like, okay. Mark was like, let's just try and keep it really low key. You know, it's like early days. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I won't tell anyone. The next thing, you know, I'm obviously FaceTiming all my friends. Ah, pregnant! Oh my God! I called my mum. Like, I just, I could not keep it to myself. And I was getting so frustrated because I had so much excitement. Yeah. Like, we'd been kind of like trying and it was something that I really, really wanted and that we'd wanted for a while. And I just really struggled to keep it to myself because <laughs> I was so happy. Then I can obviously see why people don't tell people, but I also just thought, do you know what? I want to tell my nearest and dearest because if anything were to happen, I think I'd really need their support. Yeah, absolutely. So I literally told so many people. Mark was like, can you stop telling people? <laughs> can you just give me one person to tell myself? Yeah, literally. <laughs> Did you call my mum? <laughs> literally, I just couldn't stop. It was actually such a lovely moment. And yeah, it was amazing. Yeah. Um, you've been staying very active as well throughout your pregnancy. Because obviously you're a very active and fit person anyway. So was that something that you were really mindful of continuing? So this is another thing that I found really hard. Is So I was recovering from a knee injury. And then I was having physio and I actually wanted to have knee surgery so that I could get back oh. into kind of the swing of things with fitness. And I wasn't able to have the surgery because obviously I then fell pregnant. So I haven't actually been able to do loads of fitness things, which actually has been quite hard. Yeah. I haven't been able to do as much as I would have liked to. And I've heard that it is just good to try and keep as active as possible and just get your body moving. So I've just been doing more kind of Pilates and walking and because we've got the dog as well, like walking yeah. the dog and just keeping your body moving. But it has been so overwhelming just what happens with your body. Yeah. At the start, I was like, yeah, this is really nice. Like I've got this little bump. And then I think as soon as you kind of get start to get a lot bigger, that's when those kind of thoughts creep in like, Mm, am I ever going to look the same ever again? Like, I feel like I've just kind of, you get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. It goes beyond just being a bump. Yeah. Like people fixate on the bump, but you can get water retention, everything, everywhere swells up. Yeah, my armpits are lumpy. <clears throat> I don't know why. <laughs> Honestly, like, my boobs have got so much bigger. Yeah. Like, I've got way more cellulite and all of these different things, which, of course, is happening because you're growing a child. Mm -hmm. But it's all things that I haven't necessarily experienced before. Also, though, when we live in a society and a culture that fixates so much on how women look and look in a certain way, when we stray away from that, I say we as if I've ever looked the other way, but, um, <laughs> you know, when we then look different compared to how we are used to feeling... Mm. It's a big thing mentally and I do think it's something that has to be talked about because it is an amazing thing that your body is doing but you also have to be in that place where you kind of shut out all those things that we've been told that we have to be. Yeah, and that's what I've really struggled with and I think actually 
I started doing a hypnobirthing course and a lot of that is around like positive affirmations yeah. and about just being nice to your body, speaking nicely about your body to your body. Uh-huh. And I've absolutely loved that element of it because actually I was like, oh, I'm really worried I'm going to get stretch marks and I'm really worried I'm going to get this. And what if I don't bounce back? And what if I'm never a size six or eight ever again? And then I thought, do I actually care? Yeah. Like I'm actually growing a child. I'm growing a human, which is amazing in itself like why am I making this into a negative thing by putting Mm -hmm. extra pressure on myself it also made me think actually when I have children I don't want to be like that either yeah I don't want them to ever feel like they have to look a certain way because your body's not there to look at like you said it's like kind of like your vessel yeah and looks after you yeah and yeah that's been actually a really nice journey with my own body because I think I have always been quite slim Mm -hmm. and so especially in the last couple of weeks I'm like what would that look like if I my whole body changed, which it might do? And I might never look like I did pre-baby. And I thought, actually, I, th- I think I'm okay with it. It's part of growing up, I think, as well. Yeah. Like, your body changes as you get older as a woman. And, you know, we're never going to look like we did when we were 18. Yeah. You know, you've got great photos and footage of you. You're in the <laughs> Love Island days. And it's okay if that isn't... Yeah, you know, it's a distant memory. I'm okay yeah, with it. we get so fixated on it, though. You know, I go to beaches and I go to swim pools and I see mums not engaging with their kids because they're sat covered up and, you know, they don't want to... It's like, screw it. Yeah. Get in your bikini, get in your swimming costume, whatever you want, and just splash around with your kids because I definitely have gone through many stages where, I mean, my body fluctuates all the time mm. and, you know, I'm kind of like, oh, cover up a little bit. It's like, I sod it. Mm. Like, this is now and actually soon they're going to be teenage boys and going off and doing whatever they want and I'm going to be on my own. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> got to enjoy it now. Like, did you struggle with your first child as in like in terms of body image well, body and it's got, does it get easier interestingly so I think I'd always been so out of my siblings and stuff I was always one that was always a little bit chubbier so I think I've always known that I was a little bit chubbier you know like even with the McFly guys their wives were always slimmer becoming pregnant I suddenly felt womanly Mm. I felt sexy. I felt like not sexy in, in the way of I wanted sex. Let's not, let's not, <laughs> let's not get that, that twisted. Route, yeah. <laughs> but I just felt like this is my body and I felt really proud of it. Mm. Um, obviously, afterwards, it changes. Like my tummy was like dough. Trying to find my muscles again was, I don't know, finding gold. <laughs> and it changes again. But it's all about being kind, I think, to your body. And I definitely grew up in a culture where you punished your body to look a certain way. You went to the gym and it was a punishment because you could be beach ready. And actually, I think that dialogue is slowly changing. We should know that we're always beach ready. It's just a case of picking up your bikini and going or whatever. And then subsequent pregnancies, I think my having Max, my third, my body just hated me. (laughs) <laughs> I felt older, I felt heavier, like my knees and my hips hurt. But I think that was just my body going, I thought, come on. I thought we were done. We were done. Yeah. You've got two there, what are you doing? <laughs> Bodies are a funny thing though, in the way that they kind of, you know, get you through certain bits. Are you thinking about breastfeeding or anything? I'm going to try. Try? Yeah, I'm going to absolutely try. But do you know what? I've read so much about, I think there's so much pressure on women yeah. to breastfeed. And mm-hmm. I think... There's so many different hormones. I mean, I was just saying to my friend in the car, for the last two weeks, I don't know why, I've just been crying loads. Just about everything. It's not about to stop. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> I couldn't even tell you about what. And I'm just irrational. Yeah. I don't know why. Um, because you're growing a yeah. human and there's so many different hormones going through your body right now. I want to be able to breastfeed. I'm going to absolutely try my best to breastfeed. But it depends on emotionally. Mm-hmm. 
how I do because again I have no idea how I'm going to react yeah I'm normally like not a very emotional person deal with things quite well I don't get stressed out that easily and I would say I'm majority of the time quite laid back Mm -hmm. and able to deal with stress pretty well but especially the last two weeks I'm like oh my gosh what am I gonna be like it's also you've just moved Montana (laughs) like I mean there's a lot going on I know I mean I really again it makes me admire all the women in my life as well of just and women in general how do women do it I'm not going into the office every single day and I'm, I'm not working nine to five every day And it makes me think, oh, my gosh, like majority of women are working right up until two weeks before. They're working solidly to put food on the table for their kids. And not even that. I think there's so much more emotional responsibility as a woman. Yeah. And I'm like, how do people do it? It's a thankless task. This is what it seems like. I think there is that kind of classic thing. And I've kind of see a lot of people talking about being a mum online and it does go unnoticed a lot of the time and people don't realise. I mean, it's like if you see a dad doing something with their kid, everyone's like, oh, what a great dad. Oh, my God, they're they're so involved taking their kids to the park on the weekend. And like, but that's just normal as a mum. Yeah. And no one says, you know what, you're doing a really amazing job. Mm -hmm. Like, you're incredible and you're breastfeeding and you're doing this and you're cooking and you're cutting your grapes in half and half again (laughs) do you know what I mean it's all these little things yeah I just I really 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 admire women and I just I feel really lucky to be part of the mum club millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Let's talk birth. You said about hypnobirthing. Yeah. How are you feeling nearing the birth? Are you going down the hypnobirth route? I mean, if you listen to affirmations, you're doing it. You know what I mean? It's all going into your mind and your body and relaxing you, I think. So, yes, I am going to do hypnobirthing. Mm-hmm. But I feel like people think you actually get hypnotised. Yeah, Paul McKenna comes yeah. in and just waves a little thing in front <laughs> yeah. of you. And it's <laughs> that not that. Really Don't you? <laughs> Paul McKenna does not come in and wave a little thing at you. That just wanted, that's not, not that. hypnobirthing. So... I am hypnobirthing. I think because I am going to try and have a home birth, yeah. I think I just really want to be very focused and focus on the breathing. And What made you go me. towards that route? Really wanted to give birth in an NHS hospital because I just think... They're amazing. They're amazing. But they're not able to guarantee privacy and things like that. So for me, I really, really, really just wanted to have privacy. And I think 
that is something that will be playing on my mind yeah. if I'm in a big hospital with lots of people around. I just think I'm going to be really vulnerable. And I just think for me, the best outcome is if I can have my own space. You know, the NHS, they're so overwhelmed at the minute. I don't want to be like, I need my own room <laughs> and all of this kind of stuff. And I just think I'm going to try and give birth at home if I can do that, be in my own space, create my own environment and, you know, keep it chilled, which I doubt I will, but focus on the breathing. And I've actually also got a doula as well. Oh, amazing. Yeah. And so I just feel really excited yeah. about trying to go through Has it. Has the pool experience. arrived yet? The pool has arrived yesterday. <laughs> The doula brought it over. She was like, this is your pool. I was like, ah, it's happening. <laughs> um, I don't know why I'm like really excited to give birth. And I just keep... That's such a good place to be. Yeah, I know it's going to be so hard and so painful and probably the most painful thing I'm ever going to do. But I also feel like women, like your body just probably takes over. And like, I just think it's such an amazing thing. Your body just knows what it's doing. Yeah. I mean, fingers crossed, touch wood, nothing, I don't need to go into hospital. But yeah, that that's like my preference is to give birth at home. So I'll give you a positive story. I've hit a birth three times. Have you? And the first time, having had nothing to compare it to, I've got to say that I felt like it was the most empowering thing I've ever done. Really? I was cracking jokes. I felt like I'd taken every single drug known to man. I hadn't taken a thing. Yeah, it was the most... Oh my gosh. Yeah, incredible experience ever. And did you give birth in hospital? I did, but I um, had sadly had a miscarriage before my first. Yeah. And I had an obstetrician who was helping me with PCOS. Yeah. He delivered in a certain place where I was like, I'm going to you. Yeah. So I, that was my safe place just yeah. to be with him. So first time around, he was there. And then I did midwife-led the next two times. I did think about a home birth, but because I'd been there the other two times and felt safe there, yeah. I was just like, I don't want to change what I know. Yeah. So I did midwife-led, but hypnobirthing the whole way. <sighs> did you do painkillers? No. Oh my gosh, see, this is the energy that I had gas and air only when the placenta was coming out. Because oh I was like, gosh. I've done it now. <laughs> I've done it now. <laughs> and I want to experience that. <laughs> that's amazing. Well, that's, yeah. yeah, that's an incredible, like, birth story for all three as well. Yeah. But I do think hypnobirthing is so powerful. But also, you do lots of mindfulness, don't you? Yes. Which is, I just love watching your mindfulness videos because it feels like you're so zen. That's what hypnobirthing is, essentially. Yeah. And like every single time I'm in the bath, I feel like I'm visualising. Yeah. I'm just constantly just trying to affirm to myself that my body can do this. And mm -hmm. Breathing is yeah. going to be your best friend. Yeah, well, this is what I've heard. Oh, I'm so glad you've hypnobirthed as well. That makes me feel so much better. It makes better. me very excited that you're going to hypnobirth. Yeah. And, you know, I feel like people do get really caught up in how they give birth if it goes a different way. I've never had a proper birth plan. You can understand why people get so caught up in it when it doesn't quite go as they planned yeah but ultimately if you and your baby are happy and healthy that's all that's the main that thing i mean i'm buzzing to do a home birth but i feel like whenever i say oh, i'm doing a home birth i get this kind of look of like are you insane <laughs> like <laughs> no i only gave that look when i thought your in-laws were going to be there yeah. now i know they're not you're fine <laughs> but i think it's such a new thing because i think people think oh my goodness like and this is kind of what frustrates me as well is that i feel like so many women are made to feel like they're only safe giving birth if they're in hospital mm. which i think if you told me i don't know two years ago would you ever do a home birth i'd be like oh how stupid people giving birth at home why would you want to do that I don't know. I feel like a proper earthy mum. Just like, oh my gosh, no. And is this surprising you, though, that this earthy side is coming out? Yeah, definitely. 
I just feel like I'm so in awe of what my body's doing. And I just believe that my body can do it. And I really feel like empowered. I want to do it in my own space, in my own time, with my own surroundings. If I want to grab a sandwich when I'm three centimeters dilated, I want to grab a sandwich. You know, and just having my things around me and like my duvet and, you know, and just having my own personal belongings around me and thinking, oh, shit, I left my favorite cup at home or I yeah. left this or I left my lavender spray or I just don't want those extra thoughts going into my head I just mm -hmm. I just really I'm going to try and believe that my body can do it and do you know what? I might get to it the, the pain might be way too much for me and I might be like absolutely sod this I'm going to go into <laughs> hospital but for the minute I'm really gonna just try and do it myself and yeah. do it at home and yeah my friend said to me once you don't get any extra medals yeah no you don't doing it a certain way no you don't I completely understand why people are just like, just get me the juice. To be honest, I might even get to that point get as well. Get me the juice. Yeah. I've never heard it. <laughs> I've never heard it said yeah. that before. Get me the epidural. Like, and, <laughs> and that might happen for me as well. I might have an awful time, not be able to manage the pain. Yeah. But yeah, I'm going to try and not get to that. Has it been on your mind more as you get closer to it? It sounds so odd, but I'm just really excited to get back. <laughs> I'm I really, really, I can't wait until like the moment happens where I'm like oh my god I'm in labour and I don't know why it's that excitement though you don't know when it's going to happen you don't know when it's going to happen and I actually spoke to my partner yesterday I said I just want to have like an as soon as it happens and obviously people can be in early labour for a while mm. I said I just want to leave our phones at home I want to go off grid and I just want to have those small moments of doing a little routine just me and you and I don't know why I just have it in my head that I want to take the dog for a walk I want to grab some sushi. I want to go home. I want to watch Mamma Mia. <laughs> and then just kind of just let it unfold, how it's going to unfold. And I just want to be in my little bubble of love. Yeah. And just, we probably won't tell anybody when we're in early labour and just kind of let it be. Yeah. And yeah, I just, I can't wait for that because it's just, I'm excited for how special it's going to be. Yeah. I have actually watched a few episodes of One Born Every Minute. I was obsessed with it. It's, oh my God, I, I just cried. <laughs> Every time. I know exactly what's happening. A baby's coming. <laughs> woman comes into the hospital, gives birth, baby comes out. Every time it's more emotional than the last. <laughs> like as if I don't know what's coming. But I don't know. Again, I think I'm just so in awe of women. Like yeah. I just feel like, wow, like only women get to experience this and only women get to give birth. And it's just such a special thing. I just feel really like lucky to be able to do it. How is Mark feeling heading towards it? Honestly, I don't think Mark knows that we're having a child at this point. Like, genuinely. <laughs> tell him. The only person who doesn't know. <laughs> he is, like, so chilled. Like I said yesterday, I need a little bit more from you in terms of acknowledgement that this is happening. Because I, life's just normal for yeah. him. And I spoke to my cousin, actually, because I had a few of my family members over this weekend. She was kind of saying it's a completely different experience for them mm. because for him, he leaves the door, goes to work and he probably doesn't think about it all day Yeah, because uh, he's too busy kind of in other things. Whereas you're the one that's experiencing the kicks and like the little niggles and your feet are swollen and, you know, your body looks different. Because I think initially I was getting really frustrated mm -hmm. because I was like, why is he not excited about this? Why is he not as, you know, because I feel like I'm so emotional and I'm so like charged oh my god my boobs and my milk's coming in and this and that and like for him he's like oh yeah cool for me like I think initially it was upsetting me because I was like why doesn't he care does he know we're having a baby it could come any moment what's wrong with him and it was only until I spoke to my cousin who's again she's got three boys as well 
she was like, it's not the same for them. Mm. It's really not the same. They don't get the privilege of feeling all those little movements and feeling so connected. It's only when the baby's actually there. And um, my cousin was saying, that's when you'll see it. You'll see it in his eyes that it's the best day of his just life. Just imagine you're in the pool still just looking at him. Where are the eyes? Are you giving, are the eyes? Are you giving him the eyes? Yeah. <laughs> it was so funny as well because I feel like in the day he'll be so nervous right. and he's not a nervous person at all. But we were going through kind of birth preferences with the doula about, you know, are you going to be the first person to hold the baby or do you want Mark to maybe like deliver the baby? And I said, yeah, I definitely want Mark to deliver the baby. He was like, oh, okay. So is there going to be someone supervising me? Like, am I going to have someone next to me? What if I drop it? And like, how quickly does it come out? Like, so from when I can see the head, how many seconds do you think I have? Like, and I was just like, oh my God, he's actually freaking out. I was like, this is great to see. Um, So I feel like those kind of emotions will come when labour starts. Yeah. And as we know, in one born every minute, one of the best bits. <laughs> yeah, it's the partners when the baby arrives. Or before, just kind of or going during. into fluffy mode. Whee! They're, they're always just, I know it sounds terrible, but they're always just so useless and clueless. <laughs> Most of well, the time. Well, how does birthing though? Has, has Mark got involved with that and has it given him a role? I think so. Again, it doesn't feel real to him unless it's in yeah. front of him. Like, for example, we were practicing the breathing and going through, and then I looked to my right and he was asleep. (laughs) He was actually asleep. And I was just like, I'm so sorry about him. (laughs) And he was just mouth open asleep. I was like, you are ridiculous. But so, I mean, I think he's really glad that we did it because he's learned so much. And I think even the NCT, as kind of tongue-in-cheek as it was at times, like it was nice to just have that, window of time where we were talking about it because unless we had that small window of time every week to discuss it I genuinely don't think it would be like a big discussion point for him yeah he's very calm very chilled very horizontal about everything so for him he's like well I know I'll be fine and he will be fine and he'll be such a great dad and I know that he'll be so supportive but he for him he's like well what's the point in you know, discussing these things before it's happened kind yeah. of thing. I think it will stand him in good stead when he's a parent because he is just very much a man of his word. Mm-hmm. He will be there. He's very reliable, but he just doesn't care to talk about it, doesn't care to freak himself out about it, unless it's actually in front of him. I guess it's wasted energy, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Change the subject. <laughs> uh, you found out your gender and you did a little gender reveal. I did do what a little gender like? reveal. How do you, I feel like one of the first tests with mums that I absolutely hate is what do you think you're having? I know. And if you get it wrong, it's like, ugh. Well, I was convinced I was having a girl. Oh, really? This is another thing that I found really frustrating is that I was having dreams I was having a girl. And I was all in my feels, I'm having a girl, I can sense it. Mm-hmm. Like, I just know, I, I know what I'm having, it's a girl. I was telling everyone again, because I've got <laughs> a huge mouth, that I was having a girl. And then I remember being so smug about it, going to my 20-week scan and being like, oh, can you write it down on a bit of paper? We're going to go somewhere else, going to go for dinner after this, I'm going to open it together, as if I knew it was a girl. And I even, like, set up the camera, because I thought, oh, it's going to be a girl, and I'm going to be so excited. And I opened this envelope, and it was like, it's a boy. And I remember being like, what? <laughs> I was disappointed. I genuinely was disappointed. I was like, It's a no. proper thing. It's a proper thing. I was like, I've picked out my girl name. Like, I've pictured having a girl. And I don't know what it was. I was just 
I did really, really want a girl. Yeah. And I know that sounds really mean and horrible. No. And a bit ungrateful. No, I think it's also you're allowed to acknowledge how you felt like that's absolutely fine. Do you know yeah. what I mean? That, those are your emotions. You can't rationalise those. Do yeah. You know what I mean? And I think also because I know that I would want a girl at some stage, I almost just wanted to get it out of the way as the first. So yeah. that then I actually wouldn't mind what I had then moving forward. Um, but you and your mum are very close, aren't you? Yeah, exactly. That's, I think, probably where it came from, is that I just really, really just wanted that. And also, I think I've been to the nurseries as well and seen that the girls were, like, colouring really, like, <laughs> neatly and really, like, nicely sat and, like, reading. And then I saw these boys, like, screaming and, like, rugby tackling each other. I was like, yeah, I definitely want a girl. Um, <laughs> and I remember calling my best friend and saying, I'm having a boy I was like what am I gonna do I was like I thought I was having a girl she was like oh honey she's like it's fine and this is my friend that's also pregnant as well right and I was just thinking oh she's gonna have a girl now and I just remember I was like I don't know what it was I think I just had my heart set on it yeah and then she found out she was also having a boy and then I thought ha we're both having boys (laughs) we're both in this together I don't know why it just made it better that we're now both having boys. But do you know what? And now we're so close to D-Day. Again, I've kind of read up on people's stories about having boys. And it was kind of saying things like your your boy's first love. Mm. And like they just adore their mums. I actually think having a boy is really, really special because we make such an impact on them as like the men of the future. Yeah, I'm actually really excited I'm having a boy now. And actually, I wouldn't have it any other way. Good. Honestly, it's so much fun. Yeah. It's chaotic. (laughs) You've got to embrace the chaos and the mayhem. Um, If you were to write a letter on motherhood, who would it be to, what would you say? I think it would be to my mum, because I've always seen her working her ass off Mm. to give me everything. And she's really given me not only a sense of, like, drive, but also a sense of independence and what it means to be, like, an independent woman. Yeah. And I think that's really important because I think when I was younger, I used to get quite sad because I'd be like, oh, but everyone's mum's always, like, around or they're at home or pick them up from school every day. And I had childminders and, you know, my mum didn't always pick me up from school. She always tried to be there as much as she could, but Mm -hmm. she was just quite often working. And I never appreciated what that meant, I think, when I was younger. But actually, she's given me so many lessons of, one, just to behave with whoever you're with. And two, I think you do have to make sacrifices as a woman. And I also think she did both. She was a great mum. And also, she had an amazing career. Yeah, I really thank her for that. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Final three sentences that I'd like you to complete. The first one, being a mum means? Self-love. Putting yourself first, actually. Mm. I think the more self-love you can give yourself as a mum, the better parent you can be. That's very, very true. Since getting pregnant, I? I'm excited for this new chapter. (laughs) And I'm happy when? With my family. Oh. Have you been sleeping well? Yeah. Have you? Apart from meeting a wee like six or seven times in the night, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. I'm uncomfortable, but... 
I sleep. Really? My <laughs> sleep is important to me. <laughs> Which is why I'm a little bit scared. <laughs> but Montana, I can't wait for you to come back and fill us in on how everything's been going. I know, and I'm, I'm so, so excited. excited to see this next, this next chapter for you. I know. I'll keep you posted Do. when he arrives. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, of course you will. You can't keep it to yourself. I know, exactly. <laughs> we've, if that's one thing that we've learned, I can't keep it to myself. Nor should you. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.